work hard, play hard. Watch what you eat. Don't forget to sleep. Oh, and hit the gym four times a week. We know what we're supposed to do, but how do you make it happen when life gets in the way? This is our attempt at turning the expert's advice into daily habits. This is Making Life Fit. Hi, and welcome to episode three. Today, we're going to tackle flexible eating, macros, and how to make them work for you. And to help answer the age-old question, is butter a carb? Can't wait to find that one out. (laughs) (laughs) If you're someone who follows people on platforms like Instagram, who are into things like fitness and working out, or if you're friends with me, you've likely heard of macros before. You may have also never heard the term macros or only heard it in the realm of Excel. For my fellow Excel nerds, this is not a technology topic. And generally, food is more fun to talk about than spreadsheets. That's not to say that math is not involved, but more on that later. First, let's get into diets and diets overall. So Kat and I both promote and do flexible dieting or flexible eating, but we're going to get into why flexible eating is really a better option than many other diets out there. And for this episode specifically, we'll speak to everyone through the lens of losing weight, since that's what most people are trying to do. But these principles also apply to maintaining or gaining muscle. To get started, let's talk about everyone's favorite topic, diets. And I said that with heavy sarcasm. So I'm going to bring you in on a major secret about diets. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Any diet works. So long as you follow the rules, and above all, maintain a caloric deficit. There is absolutely nothing magical about any diet out there. And once you understand this, it's really powerful. For example, keto, really popular nowadays, especially after New Year's when people do a resolution that they want to lose weight. You will see so many people jump on the keto train and they cut carbs out of their life and they're drinking coffee with butter in it and dipping bacon in it. The reason why keto works and you can lose weight on keto is simply because you can't eat carbs and thus you likely are consuming fewer calories overall because you've cut those out of your diet. Another popular diet fad that's happening uh, a lot with uh, people who are trainers or fitness influencers is what's called intermittent fasting or IF for short. Again, the reason why IF works and you can lose weight when doing intermittent fasting is because you're only eating for a few hours a day and thus you're likely consuming fewer calories overall. Really, you can point to almost any diet and say it's successful because of this factor. Eating in an overall caloric deficit, it will always result in weight loss. Yeah, all diets have rules that will make them successful, but some diets are far more restrictive. Oh, you mean like that Beyonce one from 10 years ago where everyone was drinking lemon juice with pepper in it for two weeks straight? Yeah. I had a colleague who tried that, and it didn't end well for him or anyone else who had to be around him. I can imagine. The benefit of flexible dieting is that while you still have rules, i.e. adhering to your daily macros, you can customize things like your food choices and meal frequency to fit what works best for you. That makes the diet as enjoyable as possible, and it also makes it sustainable because it's easy to plan your meals around your lifestyle without feeling limited. For example, pizza and wine can be part of your diet. 
and so can tacos, which makes your diet a lot easier to stick to since you're less likely to feel restricted. And it works for all sorts of people, including those following special diets like vegan, vegetarian, paleo, gluten-free. If you don't like specific types of food, Or if you're like my husband, you're allergic to a bunch of foods. And since there's no restrictions, all types of cuisines and cooking styles fit too. So Lisa, what's the easiest way to understand what macros are and how they affect my diet? So macros is really just a shorter word for macronutrients. And macronutrients are what make up all foods and determine every food's total calories. So if you've ever looked at a nutritional label, you've actually already seen macros before. And there's three of them. So there's protein carbohydrates, and fats. And proteins and carbs, for every gram of a protein and a carb, it equals four calories. And for every gram of a fat, it equals nine calories. And when I say grams, I don't mean the weight of the food item you're eating. I mean the grams of those macros. And I mentioned the word carbs, and I'm going to get into it now before anyone says anything, and I have to refute it later. Carbs are not bad for you. People always seem to blame carbs for weight gain when there's nothing inherently wrong with them. Carbs are great because they contain the fiber that your body needs for digestive health, and they also fuel your body for things like workouts. When your carbs are too low, you're going to be tired and sluggish, and your performance will suffer. And remember we talked about Kat's cranky colleague? Lack of carbs will impact your overall mood as well. Carbs are also delicious, and they're not just bread and desserts. Carbs are very delicious. And they are bread and desserts, but they're not the only thing. It's also things like fruit, veggies, rice, potato, things like that. The other types of foods for each macro type, so for protein, that is your lean meats and fishes, like your chicken and turkey and uh, shrimp and lobster and things like that. It's also protein powder and egg whites. Versus fats, that's your nut butters and your olive oil and avocado and things in that group. And then you can combine each of the macros in any which way to get other types of food as well. And the best types of foods out there, like pizza and spaghetti and hamburger, include all three of your macros. Yeah, and there's also the fourth macro, which is alcohol. But that's a whole other episode. But it is something that you have to keep in mind when you start tracking. Yeah, we'll dig into that deeper in a future episode. But for the purpose of this episode, we'll just talk about the three macros of protein, carbs, and fats. So now that our school lesson is over, let's talk about our personal experiences. Getting the hang and the feel for counting your basic macros. And that's really the best place to start. Yeah, so let's first, I guess, talk about our experience doing macros. So personally, I started counting about 2016, and over the four years that I've been doing this, I've definitely been more strict during some periods more so than other, especially if I'm trying to reach a goal for a specific reason. For example, I was trying to lose some weight for my wedding, I wanted to gain muscle over last winter, etc., and I really liked the concept initially after doing a ton of research because it seemed the easiest to apply to real life, to a real person. Like, I'm not a model. I'm not an actor. No one's preparing my food for me. And so I needed something that could work whether I was making my own food or going out to eat or working late or going on a vacation. And that's really why I got into it. But why did you get into macros and flexible eating? So 
I tracked calories for a couple years. And I think the first time that I really heard about somebody applying macro counting was from you. But I didn't really start tracking till about a year and a half ago. And the catalyst for me to switch from tracking calories to tracking macros was about a year chock full of weddings and holidays and trips. And I noticed that even though I hadn't been slacking on my workouts very much at all, the imbalance in my diet was definitely taking a toll on my body and how I was feeling. And so I had heard you talking about macros and decided that it was something that I could try to apply. And I even started by using the same tool that you had introduced me to. Yeah. And I love that you made that point about the imbalance because I think that's an important takeaway from the macro thing. So you mentioned counting calories, which as I had said, macros make up all calories, but it's so important that you get the right mix of them to give your body what it needs. You need those proteins for muscle recovery and and rebuilding and all that. You need carbohydrates for fuel. You need fats because they are essential to life. And and especially for women, it's important for our hormones. So I love that you mentioned that because that's another reason for why macros is a better option for flexible eating. Yeah. And I've definitely noticed, especially as I've gotten more into distance running or trying to up my muscle mass, that's where it really came into play where you know, I might have been meeting calorie needs before, but I wasn't getting that right balance of nutrients. Yeah, it's so important. You know, it's funny, this week we had a really intense leg workout and Tom and I were laughing because we had had pizza the night before and we both said that pizza totally fueled our leg workout. If we hadn't have had it, we probably wouldn't have done, you know, has as well performance. And there's people always laugh. I think there's an office episode where Michael Scott eats a bunch of pasta before a marathon, but that's that's the same exact concept is to, you know, carb up, carb load before you do something really um, intense and full of energy. Oh, yeah. We used to do that before swim meets. We'd all go get pasta the night before. Yeah. <laughs> Macro counting in its early stages. <laughs> so if you want to take the plunge into counting your macros, it's actually really easy to get started. You would head to an app or a website that can calculate your macros for you. You can go to Google and just search macro calculator, but we recommend a website called macrosinc.net. That's macrosinc.net. And they've got an amazing calculator on there for you. You'll go into it and input a bit of info about yourself, including your age, activity level. For example, are you sedentary most of the day? What's your height, weight, et cetera? And then are you doing any sort of resistance training or cardio training or a mix? And basically what it'll do is it'll calculate all those things and it's going to spit out a set macro split for you of proteins, carbs, and fats for you to then hit each day. Yeah, it'll also give you, you have the option to download their ebook that is all about flexible dieting that gives you a good intro into how to track. I think there's a couple recipes in there to get you started. So they really do have a lot of resources to get you over that hump of getting started. And they're free resources and there are tons of them out there and they'll go deeper into info than we did at the front of the episode about the breakdowns of why proteins are important and carbs are important and fats are important. So highly recommend the ebook that Kat mentioned as well. Yeah. Now, once you have your numbers, make sure you're sticking with them. Both Lisa and I use a app to help us track. I personally use an app called MyFitnessPal. There's both a paid version and a non-paid version. Obviously, the paid version gets you more features, but the unpaid version is what I use and I've been using since 20, 
12. And then Lisa, you use My Macros Plus, right? Yeah. So it was a one-time purchase of $2.99. I, I paid for it back in 2016 uh, and I've had access to it ever since. There's no monthly subscription or anything like that. And it's great. It's got a barcode camera in it so I can take pictures of all of my foods to track them that way it makes it very fast and easy can make custom recipes and can even like copy meals over so if I'm having leftovers for lunch it's, I can so easily copy my meal from dinner the night before and it's a really nice way to keep track of your macros yeah that ability to add your own recipes is a huge benefit so if you're looking for an app both my fitness pal and my macros plus have that definitely recommend finding an app that has that feature. The other thing you need to think about is pick a goal or a length of time that you say that you will try your initial macros from. You really need to give it at least a couple weeks to see how you feel. If you're meeting your nutritional needs, you can always adjust as needed. And if you join the Macros Inc. Facebook group, it is a free group. They will be able to, if you're saying I'm feeling sluggish or I'm always hungry, they can help you adjust your macros once you have a couple of weeks of experience and can better convey how those numbers that they originally recommended are working for you. Yeah. And to that point, if you are feeling sluggish or hungry all the time with macros that you were given, that goes into our third tip for success, and that's to use realistic numbers. So it's totally up to your discretion when you're using a macro calculator for the level of macro deficit that you want. So there's moderate all the way to painful. And it's called painful for a reason because it limits the most calories from your total budget so that you see weight loss sooner, but it's not necessarily going to be the best outcome for you. Faster isn't always better. So Again, use realistic numbers that are going to keep you in a overall positive mood, keep you having energy for your workouts, for your day, and are allowing you to still eat the foods that you want to and that you love. Yeah, and you definitely want to think about there are going to be times where people want to lose weight a little bit faster, maybe for an event or something special. But in general, you want your diet to be something that's sustainable. And if you are permanently cranky, that's not sustainable for you or your loved ones that have to be around you. And you're less likely to maintain it or keep doing it if it's not something that is working out for you. And if it's making you miserable, you're not going to keep at it. Right. Very true. Yeah. So another tip for success we have for macros is to get a scale. And when we say a scale, we do not mean a body scale. Body scales are totally unnecessary. We're saying a food scale. And the reason behind that is because you have to weigh your food. And this is where we lose most people when we talk about macros and flexible eating. And we totally get it because there is time and dedication to weighing food. And it's not like you're going to bring a food scale with you to a restaurant when you go out to eat. But you have to take some steps to realize and understand how many calories you're actually eating every day. So many people will look at a nutritional label that says it's a tablespoon of peanut butter. If you actually weighed the amount of a serving size of peanut butter versus the look visual of a tablespoon of peanut butter, they are going to be completely different. And in most cases, probably half the serving size, meaning you're probably eating double the amount of peanut butter that you think you are every day if you're a peanut butter lover. 
And think of all the people who you know who every single morning get up and they make a big smoothie and they throw in bananas, almond milk, peanut butter, spinach, protein powder, all of these things. They throw a healthy label on it and they say, hey, I eat healthy. Why am I not losing weight? Or those who stop at Starbucks every single morning and they get that venti ice latte with whip and they don't even stop to think that they just drank about 400 to 500 calories of their day on top of their breakfast they had before they got in the car. Those are the things that are so important to understand when it comes to flexible eating and macro counting that will help you completely change your mindset about food and the things that you're eating every single day. Yeah, and there are great ways to make it fun by still eating what you like, but finding new ways to fit it into what your macros are to be able to achieve what your goals are. I love cooking, and Pinterest should sponsor this podcast solely based on the sheer amount of time that I have spent finding recipes. Uh, (laughs) Preach. Same. It's so bad. No, actually, it's not bad. It's awesome. I love my kitchen. Standing by it. But this is your chance to be creative and hit your wellness goals. You might even find a new favorite food. Yeah. And, you know, I I was talking about the smoothie and Starbucks and stuff. There are totally macro-friendly ways to still have the things that you love. So, for example, if you're going to Starbucks every day, instead of getting the full sugared syrup in your drink, do the sugar-free or do half the amount of pumps you normally get. Or if you're someone who normally gets whip on top of their drink, maybe skip the whip one time or just the Starbucks app itself even has macros in it. You can go and and see how much is making up your favorite single drink so you can figure out exactly what you're ingesting every day. And if you're really craving your traditional drink, build that into your macros. So for me, I know my birthday treat, when I go and I get my free drink, I want a venti ice matcha. (laughs) Not matcha, chai. (laughs) Oh, chai is so good, but so carby. (laughs) Also, if you get a venti, it's like 60 grams of sugar. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But that's my birthday treat. That is, I know at least like once a year, I'm going in, I'm getting my venti iced chai i have recently added a shot of espresso so you should be proud of me yes dirty chai yes but that's not something that i'm gonna get every day because there goes all of my sugar for the day and god knows what else from my macros (laughs) yeah so you want to know what i discovered about a year ago they're called i think it's jenny's the name jenny skinny syrups And you can find them at places like TJ Maxx and stuff, but I just get them online, like at Amazon. But they are sugar-free syrups that I put in my coffee. And I usually just brew a cup of black coffee and then add the syrup in. Or I'll do a little bit of my oat milk, coconut milk creamer with the syrup in it and kind of froth it and put it on top. And it is the best treat in the morning. I feel like I'm a barista when I'm making it. And the whole drink itself is like 20 calories. Is it Jenny's or Jordan's? Jordan's. That's it. Thank you. (laughs) Jordan's skinny syrups. Yes, that's it. I was thinking, I was like, wait, there's one of those sitting on my counter. Yeah, I knew it was a Jenny's, but we'll we'll do a Friday food find featuring them as an apology. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, TJ Maxx and they're like $4 for the entire bottle. Huge bottle. Yeah. And you don't, you do not need a lot. 
Okay, so now we're going to get into some of our best pieces of advice when counting macros or getting into any diet, really. And the first piece of advice we have is to start by tracking what you normally eat for a few days to see what you're truly eating. And this is emphasis on what you are truly eating. This means tracking not only the peanut butter you add to the smoothie or your toast, but also the extra that you lick off a spoon. (laughs) Yes, we saw you do that. (laughs) We're all guilty. It's fine. Just track it. Yeah, and, and to that point, track accurately and honestly. You're only cheating yourself if you don't. So when a week's over and you're wondering why you didn't lose any weight, well, it's because you didn't track all of those extra licks of the peanut butter spoon or the bite of crackers you had or the little bit of ice cream you had or all those extra things that add up over time. The extra glass of wine. Yes, that also needs to be tracked. (laughs) The other thing that is important to know when doing any diet is that you are going to suck at first. And I say that totally lovingly. But because it's true, it's something new you're trying, you've never done before. And tracking is a really foreign concept for a lot of people because you've learned a whole new thing about food you've never known before. So just know that going into it, even for someone like me who was a perfectionist, it took me a long time to get the whole macro thing down. I'm, I've been doing it almost four years and now I feel comfortable that I can look at a food item and generally judge pretty accurately what the macro breakdown is, but I still need to track it to make sure that I'm accounting for everything. Yeah, I'm definitely still at the need to weigh most of my food, need to know what the app tells me, because I I haven't been doing it long enough, unless it's something that I eat on a daily basis to be able to safely say, this is an accurate representation of what I'm eating. It's really eye-opening sometimes. It really is. The other thing is when you get your macro counts, do not track your exercise in the food apps that you use. So if your macros say that you're eating 1,700 calories, don't add extra calories because you went for a run or you did a weightlifting session. That exercise is built into your macro allocation. So if you're like me and you use MyFitnessPal, there is a feature where you can turn off tracking your exercise but it's only available in the paid version. The way that I get around this is I just disconnected my phone and my Apple Watch from my fitness pal so that it doesn't track that in the app and doesn't adjust my macros. But you're still able to track your movement in a different app, right? Yeah, I still have my watch that tracks all of it. And the other thing is you can still track in my fitness pal if you keep a note of where your macros are somewhere else. So Maybe it adjusts your macro count to be up to 200 grams and it's really only supposed to be 180. Just remember that you're at 180 and ignore that extra benefit that it gives you. Yeah, it's a really important point and takeaway for macros and exercise. So thank you for making that. The other big one, and this is a very big one that applies to any diet, flexible dieting or not. One bad day or a vacation or one huge meal will not ruin your progress. Your body is much more adaptable than that. And it also doesn't mean that just because you went out and had four beers and pizza and tacos and dessert, it doesn't undo everything you've done. Yeah, and I think on the flip side of that too, it's it's the same logic that one workout isn't going to make you lose weight one bad food day isn't going to ruin your diet either. So that's really applicable for most people to understand that. Yeah. And I think the idea of be patient and celebrate the small wins. So 
even if it's something as simple as you meal prepped and you weighed out all of your meals for the week. That's a lot of work. Give yourself credit for that. Yeah. And, you know, enjoy that. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, I weighed everything out. So now I get to reward myself with a giant piece of cake. But, you know, pat yourself on the back and be proud of what you've accomplished. Or make that piece of cake fit into your macros. Yes. Because it can fit. And that's one of your wins. Yeah. And, and I think another thing that's really important here and goes back to why we mentioned to not have a body scale is this whole concept of non-scale victories. Yes. And the groups that we're in on Facebook and stuff are really into that. So I, I love this concept. So it's things that make you happy and point toward that you're being successful in this flexible dieting thing that have nothing to do with your weight on a scale. So it's things like your overall mood has improved. You were able to increase your number of reps. You were able to walk further than you've ever been before. You put on a pair of pants and they fit a little bit looser than the last time you had them on. Those are all really awesome non-scale victories that you should totally celebrate and take into consideration as you keep doing this flexible counting. Yeah. And with that, find a tribe. So whether that's a friend who counts or follows a similar healthy living plan. So like Lisa and I have found each other that we both track and we hold each other accountable. Or you can find an online community. Like we said, there's Facebook groups, there's Instagram handles, Reddit forums, blogs. There are tons of places for you to find like-minded people who are counting, who can support you with either recipe ideas or even just keeping you accountable. Yeah, it's really helpful to find a group of people who are going through the same experience as you because it reminds you that you're not alone and that even though it's tough, there's so much support out there for you. And they will celebrate those small wins with you. Yeah. And lastly, have fun. Diets are tough. And truthfully, I think we should just remove the word from our vocabulary because it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. But if you're not having fun with it and you're not able to apply it to your life, then it's not something that's going to fit for you and something you're going to stick to. And that's why we really think that flexible eating is the best approach for trying to accomplish something such as losing weight. Yeah. Find what fits for you, just like anything else in life. If you enjoy it, you will be able to sustain it. So now that we know all about macros, to answer that age-old question from the top of the episode, Kat, is butter a carb? No, it is a fat. Yes, it is. (laughs) All right. So thanks, guys, for listening to episode three, which was all about flexible eating and macros. This week's question of the week actually starts with a challenge for our listeners. We challenge you to figure out the macro breakdown of your favorite snack. Comment on our Instagram post with your findings and let us know if you've learned anything new from this week's episode. Yeah, we really love reading all of your guys' feedback and our comments and replying to our stories, so please keep it coming. And don't forget to subscribe to Making Life Fit on your favorite podcast app so you can get alerts for all of our new episodes. Until next time, bye! bye.